The following podcast is made possible thanks to the support of subscribers like you. Subscribe to the show using Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. And now, on with the show. Good evening, good morning, hello, good afternoon. Whenever you may be listening to us, this is Discussing Comics. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to welcome back Ryan Kent. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Got my headphones on, just ready to go. I trust you've got your trusty headphones on, too? Yes, I do. And as always, my friend, I'm glad you're here. So let me ask you a question. Are you having comic book withdrawal? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, one of my first things I did when all these shutdowns started very selfishly is I thought, you know, I think my comic book store is going to very much suffer through this. And I have to drive by it every day to go to work. And it's been like a longing as I look through the window and I see they're listing things on eBay. But uh, I, I miss going to the store every week and, and getting my new books, obviously. So that's going to actually be one of the topics that we're going to be discussing tonight. And for everyone listening, this episode is all about comic book news. And this is something that we hope to be doing a few more frequently and, you know, a few more episodes going forward, just focusing on what's going on in the comic book world today. And Wednesday, for as long as I can remember, has been comic book day. And thanks to DC and their, I want to, I won't call it a split from Diamond, but a branching out, I'll call it, to other comic book publish, not publishers, but comic book distributors. There may be a Tuesday and Wednesday comic book day, Tuesday for DC, Wednesday for everybody else. What do you think about that? Uh, I think it's, I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to very much affect my buying habits because my attitude will still be if I go on Wednesday, I, you know, I'll still be able to buy the DC books as is. So I don't know if it's going to change the way many people go to the store, but I think it's, you know, interesting. You, like you said, Wednesdays have kind of always been in my mind, comic book days. It's kind of a, a thing like Fridays is the last day of work for the weekend. So like Wednesday had a, had a thing already attached to it like that. So I think that's how it is for a lot of people and it'll be a weird difference. I just don't see myself going, okay, today's Tuesday, I'll go, and then, okay, I'll go again tomorrow to get my Marvel and other books as well. So it's probably not going to change a ton for me, but, you know, it's exciting. I like to see someone other than Diamond being able to distribute things. I think that's healthy for the industry. I think Diamond has been far too, had too large of a stranglehold on this, on everything for quite a long time. So anything that's different, I think it, comics needs to try some different business models, and this could be something interesting. So if you look with any business, and let's just say that DC is successful and, you know, I'm all about what you just said, but let's just hypothetically think for a second. DC is successful. This helps their numbers coming out a day early. You and I both know Marvel's going to follow suit because if it's helping DC, it's going to, you know, we can't let them get the upper hand. So we're going to start doing you know, Tuesdays or whatever. What I don't want to see happen and what I'm afraid of is you're going to have comic book day eventually be Monday through Friday. Different stuff coming out all the time. Yes. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that happening. I could see, um, well, I think if all these people start doing direct dis distribution, you're right. They could say, you know, this book got delayed, but it only got delayed five days or 
there, there can be some different things done, some specialty orders that I, I think that would it would become a five day a week thing and it just become okay. I guess I go I pick one day to go to the store and I get everything that, everything that came out that week. So let me ask you. So let's take you and I'm going to play the advocate of the digital person that's downloading comics digitally. I want you to take the 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 prospect of being someone who goes to the store and let's see how it impacts or doesn't impact the both of us. So if I'm hearing you correct, and I want you to kind of reiterate if let's just assume that Monday through Friday, Marvel, DC, IDW, Boom, any of these comic companies out there, they are releasing some books on Monday, some on Tuesday, majority on Wednesday, some on Thursday, some on Friday, every day of the week. Is that going to change your enjoyment and does it hurt your comic store, in your opinion? Enjoyment, I don't know. Uh, I'll have to kind of wait and see on that. To me, I really liked I mean, it's been Wednesday since I started going to get comics when I was 16. Like, Wednesday has kind of been set aside as a day. It kind of is uh, ritualistic for me. You know, I go on Wednesday, Wednesday nights, I read my comics. I get it. It's like, it's like, it's like a thing I do that day. So having it spread out on different days might take away a little bit from it. But I'm willing to try something new. As far as my store goes, I don't really know the economics that well. Like, I know that Tuesdays are the slowest days at most stores. So, you know, DC going will maybe help, you know, spread out the, the number of visitors. But... I still see, you know, Wednesdays and Saturdays being the real, real busy days. Um, maybe Tuesday added in now, but I don't, I don't quite know. I mean, maybe getting people in who would come in twice a week would pick up an extra book. Now and then, you know, you come in on Tuesday, your DC books and you see something and you grab it and then you come in Wednesday. Getting people in the door multiple times a week is always good for business. So I can see it being a positive, but I don't know if it's enough to really make the industry rebound the way it needs to right now. Mm. Yeah. Good point. And, and I'm, I'm, I, I want to, state real quick or comment on what you just said real quick I'm, I'm i'm with you i have memories of my brother and i going on wednesdays to you know he him indulging me actually to go on wednesdays and pick up the comic books because that was part of just what you did on wednesday it was comic book day you know it's soon as school gets out i'm headed 20 miles away 25 miles away to get comic books because, hey, it's Wednesday. So the flip of that is from the digital perspective. You know, I had gotten used to logging into Comixology, hitting the button, click, 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 click. And even if I did that on a web browser, maybe on my lunch break, I had all my books waiting to download on my iPad whenever I got home. I don't know if I would like having that I've got to Scrounge through the daily new releases of Comixology because there's stuff that all publishers release to Comixology every day anyway. You know, old things that have been converted to digital. I don't know if I would like that. I love that seeing that six or seven page that I can scroll through on Comixology and clicking and getting that immediate gratification. I don't know if I would like it the other way. That's that's a good point because you're right. When you go on Wednesdays to Comics, Comicsology, and I used to be a pretty avid Comicsology reader, so I, I see what you're saying. How all right? It's Wednesday. Today's the day I'm going to go through. And like you said, there's like six pages. You know, I'll grab my normal titles. I usually grab something different because it's kind of all just there in front of you. And I know that because they've re- DC's gone through releasing things on different days before uh, digitally, and I feel like they just 
they're missed because they don't come out when everything else is. So if you did that every day, I feel like there are more titles that would be missed. I, I would be, you know, I, w- I won't check Comixology every day, but when I know it's on Wednesday, that's when, that's when I'd check it. So I don't know if digitally that would hurt sales or not, but that's a good point. So for everyone listening, we want to know what you think, whether you buy your comics digitally, whether you still go into the brick and mortar comic book stores, let us know. I'm thinking particularly of our friend Matthew, who is a longtime listener of this show as of our other shows. So Matthew, let us know. What do you think? Or do you like this change of a potential Tuesday, Wednesday, or maybe even a full week like we're speculating. So since we're talking DC, I think let's talk about something that I watched some of last night, and it is something that premiered on DC Universe last week. And I'm curious, I know you haven't seen it, but I'm curious what you anticipate this Stargirl TV show to be. Initial, just general thoughts. Well, um, I think that, that between CW and uh, I'm not, I guess I don't know which other what channel that Supergirl, you know, is or was on. But that that, that Arrow universe that they um, that they created that this is going to be a part of, those are all quality shows. And you know, I don't watch them regularly, but I'll catch them every once in a while. They have a great thing going for them. They have a good, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to compare it to them you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe or anything, but they've got a great contained universe there with a lot of different unique characters that have interwoven stories. So if they're adding to that, I think I'm I'm a fan of what they're doing, even if I don't watch it all the time. I, I'm glad to see these characters uh, thriving on the screen. I hope this is uh, an addition to that family. So who's the audience in your opinion? Just like I said, being really general, what do you think your audience is for this show? From what I've seen, it looks like, uh, you know, obviously the superhero fans as always, but it looks like they're trying to target a secondary audience that would, that uh, I don't know, maybe the like the Riverdale audience, you know, the, the Archie series they have on the CW kind of later teen drama, high school. I would say they're kind of targeting that crowd as well as the obvious comic book uh, crowd. Am I completely off in that? No. Um, so let me be, you know, very forthcoming and saying I've watched half of the first episode. I have not watched all the first episode. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing or a good thing, but I will tell you when Titans came out, the first episode of it, I watched the entire episode and was looking to see immediately when's the next one coming out. Right. And when Doom Patrol came out, you know, that all of them, I, I don't think I'm the audience for this show. I think it is for what you said. It's a, it's geared toward a younger audience. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying, I don't think I'm the, I don't think, uh, to be honest with you, I don't think you're the candidate as the typical person that they are looking for. I still think that they're looking for someone mid teens, late teens that's going to, like you said, our early twenties, that's going to say, Hey, I'm all about Riverdale. I'm all about Archie. I'm all about, you know, the teen angst because that's kind of the feeling that I got. That being said, the actress that they've got playing her, she's very, very charismatic. She is very much what I would say if you brought Courtney Whitmore to life, that's what she would look like. 
She's doing a very good job. I'm going to go back and watch the rest of the episode. I, w- I don't want to give any spoilers away, but I will say that I am a very, very big Justice Society of America fan. And I, I really love some of the scenes that I got to see. I'll just say that. Without without giving too much away, because you're making me kind of want to give the pilot a shot at least. Are are there some other uh, familiar faces that'll pop up in, in that you've seen so far? I think that what we will see throughout the course of this season, we will see unfolding of something that happened. And remember before the New 52 with the Justice Society, it was all about legacy characters. Uh-huh. This is going to all be about legacy characters. Ah, uh, I see. I I think I follow. So... And I'm say, I'm saying that's not I'm not again I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I would have loved to have seen a period 1940s Justice Society proper show, but that's a, maybe another show in you know the future coming from DC Universe. But that being said, I will probably watch several more episodes just to give it a try, just to see how it's going. Great show so far. I just think I'm not the audience for it. And that's and that's fair. I think, you know, not everything's for everybody. And like you said, you I mean, you're not putting it down, but I think it's good that they, they tar- they're targeting different audiences. They're not just making stuff for us because their audience won't grow. You know, if a couple, you know, people watch this show and it is in their audience and it brings them into maybe checking out the old uh, JSA run, you know, I, I'm seeing here, I'm just, I'm on the Wikipedia page just now. I'm looking that Jeff Johnson, James Robinson are both involved, which I think is killer. So um, I, I hope this uh, widens the audience for comics. So I'm 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 supportive of it, even if I don't uh, end up watching the whole series. So I, I'm going to segue into our next piece of news, which you know this is a female lead for Star Girl, and this next show is in the CW family of Arrowverse shows that you mentioned, Batwoman, and we get news this week that Ruby Rose will not be returning as Kate Kane slash Batwoman for Series 2. So I have two questions for you. Number one, did you see any of her as Batwoman? No, I have not. I have not seen any of this show. All right. And just in your initial thoughts from the aspect of this is the lead role of a centrist singular series where you have really one main character that it's revolving around. This isn't an ensemble cast. This is a centric show. Your main centric highlight character is being replaced. What do you think about that? Well, I I bet some people could correct that line, but as far as I can tell, it's pretty unprecedented, right? I mean, can you think of any other shows where they're not rebooting they're not restarting because it sounds like their intention is to just go recast and go forward with the same plot lines and just kind of weather the storm and try to keep it going so it seems like that's i i can't really remember that ever happening on a tv show i was watching so um the you know i've i can name many ensemble shows that that you've had but i will tell you one that i remember it was not something like superheroes but when i was growing up there was a comedy on NBC starring Valerie Harper, and it was called Valerie. And in its first, maybe second, third series, series, I don't remember how long it was on, but it was called Valerie. And she, Valerie Harper, 
and the NBC executives kind of had backstage negotiations that fell apart. So she left the show. They basically said, okay, we're parting ways. They kept the show on. Instead of recasting, they killed off the character. Interestingly enough, they changed the name of the show to Valerie's Family. Halfway through the season, they had to change the name of the show to the Hogan family because she, I think, sued them for the name, even the using of her name. So, you know, not the same. And and I know I kind of went sideways there, but that's the only one that I personally can think of where you had what you just said happen. It's the main, main person. And and we've seen it in movies before, like notably, uh, you know, it's he's replacing an ensemble, but the Hulk in the MCU is, you know, that Incredible Hulk film is in continuity, even though it's uh, uh, Edward Norton. But I think it's a different set of challenges with a TV show, because in a movie, if you recast, it's a new movie. I mean, you can kind of establish different plot lines and stuff, and you're not really thinking about the previous person. But in a TV show, so much of that is based around chemistry and how people play off each other and long-term relationships that are built up over seasons and you know, jumping in with a new person, that's going to, it's going to take some getting used to. I hope they can nail it because I think it's going to be difficult for them. So I'm imagining right now, Lee and Clarence listening to this and kind of like slapping their heads as I'm talking (laughs) and saying, I don't know of a show where the main character has gotten recast. uh, Well, yeah. Yeah. Doctor Who. Hello. Right. Right. Wow. How did I not get that? Right. But that's a part of the show. That's a part of the, the fabric of the show. This is, but you know what? I, I, I while know. I agree with you, I agree with you a million percent. It is in 2019 in 1965, 66. That wasn't the fabric of the show because it was only three years old. That, well, that's a fair point. You know, I, I, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I, I hope that this works out for him because, you know, I think, I think even though I haven't watched the show, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Batwoman comics. And I think, uh, this character is a, is a great character, and I, I hope she continues to be represented on television. So I've watched probably seven, six, seven, eight episodes. The feeling that I got from her, Ruby Rose, as Batwoman, I, I, there was something about the look of Batwoman in the costume that just didn't feel right to me. I don't, and that, that has nothing to do with her. That's the costuming that they gave her. It, it just looked almost not real, but I never felt like I was getting to know her as Kate Kane. I feel like I got to know Courtney Whitmore a lot more in watching half an episode as an, as who this character mm-hmm. is than I've gotten to watching six or seven episodes. And actually I've gotten, I feel like I know more about the bad guy that's in the main villain of season one than I did of Kate Kane. So maybe it was just something that just wasn't working out. Is, uh, I mean, I, I kind I read about it, but has, has something come out saying why she's leaving? I've heard, uh, rumors, but I, I didn't know if anything's been announced. You know, I've, I've heard, I mean, and, and like you said, they may be rumors, but I, I, I'll just sum it up to saying I don't think she was happy and it was maybe best for everybody involved that she went and they went their separate ways, maybe. Fair enough. You know, I, I feel like there's probably some stuff that'll come out later, but yeah, 
Um, yeah, I've heard similar rumors to that. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. I mean, I, you know, I do know that there was a, that she got hurt at some point uh, last year. And I don't uh-huh. know if what that, was that is. What that injury? Because I saw some cryptic i saw something cryptic but i didn't read further about what I think that was it was a neck or a back injury that she Ooh. did in a stunt and who knows maybe she just wasn't prepared for the demands of doing a you know like i said a centric where you're the star right and this is not an easy show to shoot this isn't you know you know an hour-long drama law and order you get to you know be in a, a suit and you got to put on makeup but it's all shot in a courtroom you know this is an action show that i'm sure is not an easy show to shoot all the time. None of these shows can be. So speaking of something that was, well, probably not easy to shoot either, but at least for me, as it was in some of this gentleman's work, not easy to sit through, which, you know, salt alert, because I'm very salty about this person. I don't like Zack Snyder's work, but I will say that HBO Max has announced that most likely 2021 that they are releasing Justice League, the Snyder Cut. Thoughts? You what know, do you think? Where we sit now in 2020 and the year we've all had so far, not a whole lot surprises me anymore. I can't believe that they're actually going to release this. I can't believe that internet culture basically forced a studio into paying 30 more million dollars to release this on H. Like, I, it's just, this is a very surreal story to be reading about today. You know, I look at it from the perspective of you're going to pay this person who has this movie that is critically bombed, Batman versus Superman, Don't Abort Him. And My least favorite movie I've ever seen. Thank you. Appreciate it. Now you're going to pay him some more money to finalize this vision that he had of a four-hour movie of the Justice League. I don't know if I'm on board with that. I just, I mean, it sounds like you and I are pretty united that I thought Justice League was terrible. I think it was a a terrible mismatching of, you know, two different directors doing two different movies. And I I, I sympathize. I feel bad for Zack Snyder for the reason that, you know, all that went down the way it did. You know, that goes without saying. But the movie to me was a mess. And I think the mess parts of it were stuff that. You know, I think Joss Whedon came up and made it better. I mean, obviously, I don't, I haven't seen this, so I can't judge it. But everything that Scott Snyder has done in the DC universe has been not at all what I want out of a DC uh, extended universe. I Batman vs Superman, like I said, is it's not the worst movie I've ever seen, but it is my personal least favorite movie I've ever seen. And getting the because it's over two hundred minutes, it's like three and a half hours long. Get getting that much of you know, Justice League, a movie I already disliked. I don't, I, this is not something I have any interest in. I mean, I'm kind of interested to see what the reaction is when it comes out. Cause it like, if it gets really good reviews, I'll at least give it a shot. But this isn't something I'm holding my breath for, I guess I should say. This isn't a release that is going to draw me necessarily to, to HBO Max. I, it, that's a, ser- a service I do want to get, but you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be jumping to download this the second I can. Well, you know, the good thing is a lot of people that already have HBO, I don't know if you have HBO now, but if, like for me, I get my HBO through Apple and I got an email saying, hey, starting the 20 whatever of March, I mean, of May, uh, you know, a couple of weeks, I mean, a couple of days now from now, you'll automatically have access to HBO Max. So FYI, if you already have oh, HBO. I did not know that. I mean, I... 
I want to get HBO Max for the because it's going to have you know all of the DC animated shows, all the DC movies, all the Harry Potter stuff. Like other. There's going to be a lot on there I like, and I, I like HBO series in general, so I'll be a, a, a customer of them. But if Snyder Cut or no Snyder Cut has no bearing on me whether or not I want this service, I suppose. Well, and also to kind of give you another incentive, you, you know, right before Christmas, you and I did the recording of Why Should You Watch Doctor Who? And within a couple of weeks, it left Amazon Prime because it's going to HBO Max, so that you'll actually... I'll have full access to it. You'll have full access to 2005 forward, yes. Awesome, yeah. So It's going to be a great... I mean, I, I don't like that there were, you know, what we used to pay for our $10 a month, we have to do five-fold over now, but that's just the world we live in, but it, it'll, it'll get my money. I, I am interested in, in a lot of the stuff they're bringing here. Yep, me too, me too. So this was not on our list, but it's worth mentioning because... For every time since we started doing the Discussing Network, a friend of the show by the name of Sergio has been coming on doing a most anticipated movies of the upcoming year. And for four years in a row, New Mutants has been on that list. And of course, a couple of weeks ago in April, the movie did not come out because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Understood. We've speculated on whether or not it would be released on Disney+. Plus. No. August, I believe. It will be, it's either August or October. They are now saying, well, the New Mutants will now air, you know, in theaters in August. Do you think this is really even going to happen? Um, no, but not because it's New Mutants. I don't think, uh, I don't know. I think those estimations for when uh, they're going to open up the theaters uh, could be, or when they're going to release movies, I should say, because are, are going to be optimistic because um, I, I've looked at some of the numbers of how much, I guess, you know, they're, they're talking about doing it where there's checkered seating and the, the theaters will be at like mid capacity to, to maybe 30% capacity. And the numbers just don't make sense for these uh, studios to release movies into this environment. They're, they're, they don't feel like they're going to make their money back on it. So I think a lot of these stuff that's already been pushed back, I think is going to be pushed back even further. And I, then the, the saga of New Mutants curse continues. So two, you know, two questions. One question number one is, let's take Wonder Woman, for example. Right. Would you rather wait maybe to 2023, 2024? And I'm just like pulling that number out of the sky, not not saying that, I think that's when it will be just pulling a random number. Do you think it will be that long? And oh, are you I, happy with that? No, I mean, I don't, I don't think it'll be that long necessarily. I just, I, the, the test case that I, I've heard about is Tenet because Tenet is the big Christopher Nolan movie this year and it hasn't moved off of its July, whatever block. It's still slated to come out in July. I don't see a, because they could only open they're, they're They're talking about only opening theaters at, you know, less than half capacity. I think Warner Brothers is going to pull that film, and I think that's going to be a continuing trend through at least the fall. That these movies, it doesn't make sense for them to to release them to theaters when they can't sell big, you know, Friday night ticket numbers. So I think they're either going to start putting more of them out on directly, or they're going to start being pushed back, you know, years. I don't want to say till you say till 2023. I don't think it'll be that far, but I think there's going to be stuff that has been pushed back that will be pushed back even further and maybe into next year because there are only so many slots, you know, sounds silly, but big temple movies don't, don't really open the same weekend because there's only so many screens and 
they try to coordinate it a little bit better than that. I think this is going to mess up the, the industry for a long time. All right. So from a viewer, from a consumer's perspective, would you rather wait to 2023, let's say, to see Wonder Woman, or would you be happy seeing it at Christmas as a, you know, digital download or digital access through whatever means that may be and that you have access to for five hours or something? Would, would you rather that or would you rather wait and see it on the big screen? Um, with very few exceptions, I'd be okay with these with just watching them in my living room um as much as i I enjoy the the kind of the ritualistic act of going to the movie theater and getting my popcorn and i i enjoy that like on a friday night we like to go to the movie theaters quite a bit but you know i don't want to wait years and years to see these movies i want to see you know if if, like you said if, if wonder woman was streamed at a premium price and you know straight to my living room i in november i would i would get it now the one exception i will say and again to say tenant i i and refusing to see Tenet until I can see it on the IMAX screen. I really want to see that the right way, but I think it's, I'm going to handle it on a case-by-case basis. Cool, cool. So I have one final question as we close the gates of this particular episode, and that is anything that you're watching that you could recommend to the listeners that would be something cool to check out that you've been watching lately? I've been going back weirdly enough. Uh, this is going to be kind of an offbeat one, but... One of my old favorite shows a long time ago was Alias on ABC with Jennifer Garner. And I just found out that that show is available on Amazon Prime. So I've actually uh, kind of had it on the background while I work and I forgot how much I love that show. So if you haven't watched Alias, I highly recommend going and checking out that show. It holds up really well. And it's early J.J. Abrams. Yes. So um, my favorite thing of Alias was, no spoilers, was figuring out who the man was. Yes. That, that was so cool. Yes. Yeah, and I loved Alias too. So, the, you know, I'm going to go in completely different direction. Maybe not totally completely because this is, they were, you know, a government spy agency. This is police, not necessarily police procedural. But anyway, there's a show called Vera. Some of it is on Amazon Prime. Some of it is on Acorn. Some of it is on BritBox. And I'll put it this way. In the last three to four weeks, there are 10 series of this and each episode, ha- I mean, each series has four episodes that are about two hours a piece. Oh, wow. So in the last four weeks, I have only of those 10 series, I'm halfway through series nine. I, I, it, I, I just love this. I can't get enough of it. It's nothing more than a procedural, but the, what I love about it is the person in charge is this middle-aged lady that is a police captain or something. And she doesn't take nothing and she figures everything out. And it's just fun to try to like figure out who did it, who done it, whatever. And I love Vera and it's called Vera, V-E-R-A. So if you like that type of stuff, check it out. Ryan Kent, thank you so much for joining me again for another episode. Appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for having me. I always love coming on. There you go. Good deal. Well, for everyone listening, thank you for joining us once again. Let us know what you thought about any of the topics we've discussed. And guess what? We will be back next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. 
Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. 